Hey, are you ready to move your life? I mean, really move it? It's time to turn up the dial on your energy, your health, your sport performance, your happiness, and your relationships. If you want to live with more freedom, more adventure, more passion, more fun, and more success, if you're ready to get your brain in the game and achieve the most out of every area of your life, then it's time to move to live and live to move with your host, Jill Summers. Hello, you made it. You're here. You're in the right place if you are ready to dial up your life. This is Jill with Jill M. Summers Performance Coaching coming to you from Boulder, Colorado, here with Kim Taylor for the podcast series called Not in Kansas Anymore, Kim Taylor's Journey to Ironman, Arizona. Kim, I want to start with a review of the reason why you chose that title. We talked about it in the very first episode, but that was like eight episodes ago. So tell the listeners again where the whole idea of Not in Kansas Anymore came from and does it still feel relevant to you? I think it's actually more relevant now than it was eight weeks ago, but yes, it is. And the main reason really is you're not in Kansas anymore being a metaphor for leaving your comfort zone. And uh, I'm certainly out of my comfort zone training for something like Ironman and all of the mental and physical strain and pressure and growth and everything that goes with that. Uh, And I think that, step outside of the comfort zone is widening as I get further into the set into the training and get closer to race day. I'm moving further and further away from the center of that comfort zone. So it's even more relevant now than, than before. Can you give us an example of what that's been like for you to get out of your comfort zone? You said that you've been out of it even more than you were eight weeks ago. Is there anything that's happened recently that you can share with us to help hone that in, make it real for us. Managing the training fairly well uh, over the last two or three months, at, despite the growing level of volume and, and fatigue and difficulty. But the last week or two really have kind of magnified that process. And I felt way more tired and, and more stressed. And this week was a difficult and very challenging training week, which culminated on Sunday with my longest run of the year which was 15 miles. And I had some internal struggles with the logistics of the race and the turn and nutrition and hydration and some things. And it kind of resulted into, I really had a complete emotional and mental breakdown at the end of that training session uh, that really surprised me that I had, but um, definitely was very uncomfortable. And was probably my ugliest and hardest training day that I've had. And uh, to say that it was anywhere close to my comfort zone would be a lie. Because I was not even in the same planet as my comfort zone that day. Can you describe what that looked like and felt like? If somebody, let's start with the outside. If somebody would have been witnessing this from the outside, what would they have seen? They would have seen... Uh, a very diff- definite shift in my demeanor and character and seen a lot of ugly. I mean, I, it was a combination of frustration and anger really, and just almost despair. And I, I literally was bent over 
crying, basically saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to quit. Um, and I have not said that much, really have not really said that at all uh, over the last several months. Uh, and so it was really, and I, I even think back to, we talked a lot about my long bike ride in Oklahoma City a few weeks ago and the dark spots that I had on that and, and the, the feeling of just wanting to be done and the struggle that the last 10 or 12 miles of that ride was, that was nothing compared to what I felt on Sunday. And, you know, we talked about getting out of dark moments and those sorts of things, and I'm able to shift out of them for the most part. Sunday was so bad, it took me a while, and it was a lot more challenging to do. And so it was a new experience for me. And now let's look at the internal world. What was happening on the inside? Inside. There was a lot of uh, dealing with physical pain, like how am I even going to move? Um to get through the rest of it. And there was certainly a lot of emotional turmoil in, in just the overwhelming feeling of just wanting to stop because it hurt so bad. And, but in the back of my mind, I knew that I wouldn't, I just was trying to figure out how to figure it out. And it took a little longer than I would have liked to kind of come around to that. But I did. And I, I remember you asked, what would it look like from the outside? But I did have a friend with me at the end kind of supporting me there. And she even commented about, well, maybe I should stop because I was hurting and I could hardly stand up straight from some back issues at the time. And she said, it's just a training session. And why would you hurt yourself? You know, and I looked at her and I remember, and I'm going to cuss here. So if you're offended by the F bomb, then probably tune out right now. But I looked at her and I said, Oh, I'm fucking finishing this. <laughs> And afterwards, when, when we were talking, she said, that's how I knew you were okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there is something about the F-bomb that just, it yeah. just relays something that no other word can really do. So, yeah. And so there was a lot of internal dialogue, really. It was, oh my gosh, I want to quit. This hurts so bad. How am I going to move forward? But there was also the other side of the brain saying, well, you're going to finish it. It's just a matter of how and when, you know, I look back on it. I realize that it was a, a very good learning experience for sure. What so, would you say are the top three lessons you learned from that experience? From that moment or from the day, like just from that, that dark moment. Yeah. Let's talk about just that. dark. I, I would say, you know, we talked a while back about how the dark moments, the dark spots don't last. And certainly I'm aware that, you know, mental dark spots don't last. You can always shift out of them. And, but I also learned too, because I was in quite a bit of physical pain that I was able to shift out of that as well. Like I could figure out how to get past the actual physical pain as well as the mental turmoil. Um, and so the dark spots definitely don't last. It was reinforcement of that. And I think I also learned really that the mind is more powerful than the body <laughs> because I was hurting, but once I got my mind in the right place and started moving again, the pain was less. And I was able to finish when I, and in, a, and in a better way and a stronger and faster pace than I really thought I'd be able to do. That was a lesson, I guess, that the mental shift created physical ability that in the moment I didn't think I had left. 
And a third thing um, from that dark moment. You stumped me a little bit. I've got two really good ones. I'm not sure about a third. In review, we had you do a recording of your hydration and nutrition. Well, I found I, I definitely had some mishaps with that along the way, and it created part, it was part of the problem. And I think where my mental meltdown was at the valley of what I needed in terms of hydration and nutrition. And I had recognized the need for that slightly prior to that and had kind of tried to correct it. And when that took hold and took effect, my energy level did improve and the mental outlook improved with it as well. I think, I think it was a combination of my mental shift and the, uh, the carbs and the water, like, taking effect and helping get oxygen to the brain to where I'm actually able to make that mental shift. So there is definitely some real um, effect, I guess, of, of the nutrition and hydration there too. So I can absolutely attest to that because there have been many of times when I've been in an endurance experience and I start to fade and, and my body is fading. I don't have the energy. I'm wondering how I'm ever going to finish. And then my mind starts to get on board and come along. And then when the two of them are working in conjunction, taking you down a negative spiral, it's really difficult to get that back. But the very first thing that I've now learned to go to is the hydration and nutrition. I start thinking about, I start, start problem solving. And this is one of the pieces that we're working with Kim on, which is problem solving. When you're in a moment when things have gone south and you're not exactly sure what to do next to start getting curious, like to get really curious. Like I'm a super good problem solver. I really love to problem solve. I'm wondering what's going on here and how can I get out of this as quickly as possible? So going into that place, instead of going into the judgment place, and I really want to share this message with everybody because it is appropriate whether you're in a sport or you're in life in general, and that is, in this moment, what can I do to problem solve? I can either go into whiny mode and go into the judgment of, I suck, I'm never going to be able to do this, and that's that negative spiral. Or I can go into, huh, I'm going to get really super curious and see how I'm going to get out of this and how quickly I get to get out of it. It completely shifts the energy around that, that situation. Yeah. You know, and I, I think the other thing that I learned about that too, intuitively knew it, but learned it from experience on Sunday, is that it's really easy to talk the talk and it's really easy to understand the principles and, okay, yeah, this is how I'm going to shift. This is my mantra and this is what I'm going to be thinking about and this is what I'm going to be doing and all the mental road work stuff that we've been doing. And then you get in a moment when you're so tired and your brain is not functioning and it's really hard to implement that. And so being extra aware of it, that in those moments, I've got to really draw on that, even though, because it's not going to come as easy as it is now, just sitting here talking about it. Uh, and so like just being aware of that and staying on top of the hydration and nutrition will help certainly help that aspect of it, you know, not get to a point where it's so hard to really pull that back in. So true. You know, and one of the things we've talked a number of times on, on the podcast is that words don't teach, experience does. Mm. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, I get it intellectually, but until I get to experience it and I get to problem solve and to 
all of the things we've been talking about and building the roadmap, I don't really get it in my bones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little backstory about Kim's run on, on Sunday. You heard her say that this was the longest run that she uh, has done and will do. And not that she has done in her life, but in the training plan, it was designed on purpose for her to go the distance and to go at a pace that was going to be challenging. Yes. Specifically because I wanted her to experience the downs of this. I yeah. needed her to get to a breaking point so that she could learn that she could get through it. She could say, I'm not fucking giving up. I'm finishing this fucking race and then figure out how to problem solve and how to get into that because of what we just said, because words don't teach. It's only the experience that teaches. I'd much rather have her uh, have this experience in her training than have her have this experience for the first time on her race day and then doubt her ability to be able to manage it and get through to the other side. And I'm smart enough to understand that that's what you were doing. <laughs> for the listeners out there, I have a nickname for Jill and it's uh, Jill Miyagi um, because there's a lot of wax on wax off stuff that goes on during the training and in retrospect or in hindsight, it all makes sense. But I was pretty aware of what was going on Sunday. Yeah. I have a feeling there, there are a couple F-bombs being thrown my way as a coach. Um, I don't even know if I had enough mental power to really even direct the F-bombs. They were just <laughs> <laughs> I often will get texts from, from Kim that will say, well, not often, actually. You don't do it a whole lot, but on occasion you'll say, it's possible I threw a few F-bombs your way today during, <laughs> a, during the training session. So, and I always say, hate me now, love me later. Yeah. And if I didn't get any of those, then I'm not doing my job as a coach. Right. Pushing you further out of Kansas. And I intuitively get that. In the moment, it's challenging, but overall, I do understand. And I also tell myself, like, you signed up for this. You chose this. No one's forcing it on you, so stop complaining. You yeah, know? That's, a, so. that's a really good one. And I can share, I've had my share of coaches that I've done the same. So I totally get it. You know, whenever I'm moving into something that's bigger and, and bolder than what I've experienced. I have my own coach and it's really important just because I'm a coach doesn't mean that I don't need guidance and assistance and accountability along the way. And I definitely have had those moments too where I'm like, I hate my coach right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, I get it. I get it from that, that flip perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You were sharing with me that this meltdown that you had this weekend brought up some old patterns that you thought maybe were gone. Yeah. And they, instead of being gone for good, they got the opportunity to rise to the surface again. Can you tell us more about that? Well, I think the biggest negative effect that Sunday had on me um, was I came out of that a little bit in the mindset that I couldn't even do 15 miles without melting down and without extreme difficulty, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do a full Ironman. Like it, I translated that. And then I started, then I started snowballing into, you know, issues about race day. And if, if I have mishaps on race day, I'm never going to finish because I don't have time. 
for these things to happen. I have to have everything kind of go perfect. And I started getting more uptight about, you know, the finishing and the outcome and all of that, which really I've spent a lot of time working to get away from. And I remember, <laughs> and I was talking with you on the phone and what you said exactly was you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. And it was so true because I was. And that is an old pattern of being really driven by the outcome and driven by worth of based on the outcome. And, and, and so that was a, a wake up call, but that was a big pattern that I really jumped back into was that negative kind of, I can't do it. Oh my gosh, I can't do it because I can't do it. I'm worthless kind of feeling. And that put a lot of pressure. I just got really uptight about the race from that standpoint. What were the two sides out of your mouth that we were referencing? Well, the one side is that this is really about the journey and it's not about the outcome. And regardless of what happens race day, it's really about, it really is just about the journey and not just the journey on race day, but the journey of everything that's led up to even training for the race and everything during training and everything that I've learned and grown and, and the, the joy and the gratitude that goes in with all of that, of just being able to do it. And I think we even mentioned on the pot, you read a text that I sent you on the, on a podcast. I don't know how many weeks ago about how I pretty much am most of the time enjoying gratitude of even being here to the point of, you know, emotional about it far outweighing any panic or negative thoughts that I have about finishing. And that's still true. However, after Sunday that had kind of flip flopped and I was mostly in that negative mindset of, of the outcome. Uh, and so while I had been saying all along, it's about the journey. I was having moments where it was completely not about the journey and entirely about race day and finishing. And so that's, those were the two sides <laughs> that you called. And what you're speaking to is, is somewhat what we were referencing a little bit earlier, which is words don't teach only experience teaches a slight variable to this is we can get it intellectually when we're sitting in our room, when we're talking about it, when we are intellectualizing it, when we are just trying to understand it. And we're like, oh yeah, I totally get that. Totally makes sense. Well, now you throw some fire in there and you throw in the experience and the fear and the anxiety of not being able to quote unquote perform like on Sunday. And then all of those old patterns come back in. And this is, again, it's not because you suck. This is because you're human. And this is the way the human psyche works. And so I love that you're actually able to fully see this, that, yeah, I got it. I got it when we're talking. But then when it was under the fire is when it came back. And this is really good sign because if you didn't get it while we were talking, you're absolutely not going to get it when you're under fire. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it when you're talking is one of those steps to change. And now the next step is getting it when you're under fire. And that only comes through practice. Right. I got quite a bit of practice on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best ways to get through it too, is to add some levity. So, you know, to be able to even look back, I love that you can look back on yourself and, and, and giggle. Now you weren't giggling on Sunday or maybe even Monday. Yeah. No, but I'm laughing now. Uh, yeah. I tell you, the one thing that I wouldn't be laughing about right now on Sunday is if I hadn't have finished it. I would not be laughing right now. Yeah. But now I can laugh about it. What's the quote? Pain is temporary. 
regret yeah. is forever, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or there's the, the funnier one that you see on, on signs along the Ironman course that the spectators are holding and says, pain is temporary, but your online results last forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which speaking of online results, I'll throw this out here just because it is also funny about Sunday. Cause I did my 15 mile run Sunday around a half marathon event here in Wichita. So I went out and I did a mile before the event started and the plan was to do the 13.1 mile race and then do a mile after to get my 15. And somewhere along the way, I missed a turn or I took a wrong turn and I ended up accidentally cutting about two miles off of the half marathon course. And when I was supposed to be approaching mile nine, I looked up and all of a sudden there was a mile 11 mile marker and I thought, Oh, this isn't good. So I crossed the finish line and I didn't really care. It was a training day. It was a small event. It's not like, you know, give me a disqualification. I don't care. I'm just here to get the mileage in. So I finished and then I went and did three extra miles instead of one. So I still got the 15, but my online half marathon results are the fastest half marathon I'll probably ever run in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I thought about framing it, even though I know it was only an 11.1 mile attempt, but. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Yeah. That's so classic. you mentioned to me that you had a reading from Jeff Brown and we've talked before about how Jeff Brown has been a very uh, influential thought leader and, and soul giver to you. And you have a reading that relates to exactly what we're talking about. Would you be willing to share that with us? Yeah, I, I do. I, I do love Jeff Brown and I get a lot of good messages from him. And interestingly, I think he's kind of my soul guru because I'll have something come up and all of a sudden he'll have a posting on Facebook that deals exactly with that issue. Like he's talking directly to me almost every single time. I mean, it's uncanny, but this one, uh, he says, I call it splintering. It's when you're under so much stress that some of the emotional issues that you have worked through rise back into awareness. It's those moments when an old pattern begins to show its challenging face again, long after you thought it resolved. Sometimes this happens and we can get discouraged, feeling as though we have not made any progress, but we have. It's just the nature of our most stubborn stuff. We can work it through so effectively that we seldom see it under normal circumstances, but certain stresses or pressures can splinter our consciousness and it rises up through the cracks. When this happens, do not punish yourself or make the mistake of thinking that you have not grown. Instead, focus on what you can do to step back from the stresses and bring yourself back into integration. Take action steps to bring your consciousness back into a cohesive form. And if there is nothing you can do at the time, know that the issue will fade as soon as the strain subsides. This too will pass and give yourself credit for how far you have come. The measure of transformation is not the complete eradication of our issues and patterns. The measure of transformation is how seldom they appear. So I would say Sunday was definitely a stressor that opened some cracks. So. Yeah, and I love that last line where he says the measure of transformation is not that they don't show up, but how seldom they appear. Right. And, and I'll add to that, not only how seldom they appear, but when they do appear, how long they last. <laughs> you just read my mind. I was going to say the exact oh. thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, how quickly can you work through them? Yeah. The minute you go into judgment and you go into, 
man, here I am messed up again. And, oh, I went wrong, took a wrong turn. And you get out that whip and you whip yourself over the back and all this comes up. That keeps you stuck there a lot longer. But when you can go, huh, I'm curious, how am I going to get out of this one? Mm. It completely brings levity and peace and grace and compassion to yourself. And then it's like this, I just got this image of, of like a hot air balloon. You get to hop in the basket and the hot air balloon gets to, you know, rise you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think recognizing what's going on helps too. Instead of, you know, when the old pattern triggers, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, here I go again. The real person showing up. It's, you know, inevitable that I'm going to fall back into this and this is normal. But recognizing that that's a pattern that's just creeping in because you're tired or because you're stressed then you can tell yourself, okay, this isn't permanent. This is just, I'm tired and this is going to go away. Exactly. So such a good point. Yes. And to recognize when the things that you might be doing or what precipitated this to happen. Like you just said, if I'm tired or if I've not fueled well, or if I've been saying yes to too many people, and no to myself for too long and, and my inner battery is running low. And this of course is, is appropriate for whether you're on the field or in life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and learning how to say no to others because you're starting to run low yourself. And by saying no to them, you're actually saying yes to yourself and not getting into overwhelm so that you can show up your brightest self and feeling really good about your interaction, whether, again, whether that's on the field or, or if that's going out for dinner with your girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all boils down to just the whole self-awareness thing and getting in touch with yourself and understanding not only where your behaviors and thoughts are coming from and why, but what it is you need and how to get out of it and how to feel good and when to say yes and when to say no. I mean, all of it just kind of boils down to being self-aware. Last week, we talked about your alter egos, LL, which stands for lazy blue, and EB, which stands for electric blue. And we discussed how those two were operating in your life. And years ago, you shared with us that LL, which happens to be the more negative alter ego, and it says you're weak and you're lazy and you don't do things right, and you're not going to amount to anything, uh, how she was really the more prominent operating system. And then you shared with us how that has been shifting for you over the years. And predominantly now, EB, or Electric Blue, has been operating. And you shared with us last week that there were a couple techniques you've used to help bring EB more into the foreground in LL is you know, sitting in the back seat, not allowed to even change the radio station in the car. But you said that the the three main pieces were to practice. So to repeat, 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 and practice, keep practicing. And then number two was to be patient, to understand that it takes time to create these changes. We talked about the neural network uh, uh, requires time and repetition. And then the last one was persistence. So the three Ps. Um, practice, patience, and persistence, which is basically to never give up. When you have been in these last couple weeks of extra training, high volume, higher intensity, 
and really your operating system right now is being tired I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to get through fatigue and continue to live life in some semblance of balance but all of us iron athletes know that there's no such thing as balance when you're in Ironman training and it requires an awful lot of sacrifice. What would you say has uh, been your new latest awareness around the operating systems of LL and EB? My new latest awareness. Well, I guess what I would say, first of all, is that LL is still alive and well. And she showed up in really grand fashion on Sunday and even Monday after, you know, after the event, it took a little while to shift out of that. Oh my God, I'm never going to do this. This, that was horrible. And even to a certain extent, the self bashing, because not only was I upset with myself that I couldn't hold the pace that I really wanted to do for the 15 miles, but I was also upset with myself that I had the mental breakdown. Like I expected myself to get through it without any mental breakdowns and that having that was a sign of failure as well. And that was LL telling me, you know, all of my faults, <laughs> reminding me of that. And, and so I guess my, my awareness really is that one, she's still alive and well, but two, that the EB is much stronger than she used to be. And doesn't go very far away. And so it didn't take long for her to say, go sit down, you're done. And, um, you know, I'm really driving the show. I took a little break, but I'm back now. I'm rested and here we go. So I guess that would be my biggest awareness is that even in the moments when LL shows up again, it's a very different dynamic because it's only temporary and it's like an old friend just showing up and you just tolerate until they, until they leave. Like he's showing up in vacation. It's like, you just tolerate him until he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> and then you move on. Um, so one is that LL is still alive and well, but two is that EB is much stronger and better able to take back control a lot quicker and a lot better. And not to panic when LL shows up makes life interesting. And recognizing of course that progress that has been made over, over the years is another buildup. You know, it's yeah. another way of feeling good, even though she may have shown up, like even just to recognize and say, Oh, I am completely aware that LL has shown up, but I'm also completely aware that I don't want her here. And so I'm going to change my thoughts, my actions and behaviors mm -hmm. to snuff her out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even a year ago after, if I would have done Sunday, if I was exactly in the same position a year ago as I was Sunday and it's now we're taping this, it's Thursday. So it's four days after Sunday's meltdown a year ago. I would still be pissed off. I would still be cussing. I would still be bashing myself and every single workout this week would have sucked. And I would have been sure to tell myself that all day long, every day. And the con the conversation with myself all week would have been, well, you can go to Arizona, but there's no effing way you're going to finish. And this is just pointless. And it would have just been an exhausting barrage of negative thought. And it would have been very counterproductive. 
But I had some negative moments even into Monday. By Tuesday, when my workout rolled around, it didn't affect me. Um, And it was pretty much gone. And I wasn't thinking about how shitty Sunday was. I was thinking about what I'm doing right now, Tuesday. So that's a very big shift. Yeah. That's really super exciting because it is showing that progress. And like we talked about before, a year ago, we just said, nope, not ready. Yeah. Not ready. And so what's nice about this is it's a continued confirmation that that was a good decision. Yeah. 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 I'm fully on board with that. A really good decision. Okay. So Kim, as we're starting to wrap up your session today, what is this week's thorn, bud, and rose? Well, I would, I would say the thorn, and it's been an ongoing theme this whole couple of months, but especially after Sunday, the thorn is still the, the moments where the, the doubt and the uh, anxiety over what's going to happen race day just still kind of creep in and affect my thoughts. And uh, trying to get around that and trying to stay in that space where it is just about the journey which I'm able to do about 80% of the time, but you know, it's not a hundred percent. And so uh, that I'd say that's still my thorn really is just the mental part of it and letting go of the outcome and my bud. What am I looking forward to? You laughed at me a few weeks ago when I said I was looking forward to taper because it was so far away, but it's almost here. <laughs> and so I want to come back around to that. I've got one more weekend of peak volume and then, and then uh, it starts to go down from there. So I'm looking forward to Sunday evening. Uh, again, my having dinner with my friends, my social celebrating the fact that peak training is over and that I have really come through and done really well and celebrating that uh, with friends, which will be good. And my rose Speaking of celebrating with friends, I'm celebrating today just this week. I haven't done a lot in the last couple of months, fun, social. You know, it's all been about training and rest and recovery and work and haven't had a lot of time to really go out and do a lot. And last night I went out with a friend, a triathlon friend actually, who's been supportive and is coming to Arizona. But we had dinner and went to a Goo Goo Dolls concert here in town. And it was just a fun evening and it was nice to actually put on real clothes and not workout clothes and go out and, and socialize and, and forget about the race and forget about everything and just have a good time. So I'm celebrating that today. So good. And one of the things just for all of you to know is that Kim gets to put some more fun activities on her training plan the next couple of weeks, because this is a really key component to training is, is making sure that there is some levity and some lightness in your life and that you can shift it fun because it's what fills you up. If you're continuing to pull out of that battery, all of this stuff that you're required to do in your training, oh, you just become the zombie. And that's not what we want. Yeah. 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 And it, it certainly helped me get through my workout yesterday knowing that, oh, I get to go do something fun tonight. Yes. We so, call that precipitory fun. Precipitory fun. That sounds yeah. kind of dirty, actually. I don't know what, what precipitory fun. Like, I like that. Yeah, isn't that fun? It's like when you know how that is, when you know that something's coming up that you yeah. look forward to for a couple of days or a week or a month, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to that Imagine Dragons concert coming up at Red Rocks in a month. Yeah. And every day you're looking forward to that. That's precipitory fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then we could come up with a, a term. I don't have a term. Maybe some of the listeners would have a term out there. They can let me know, but it's the memory, you know, like the fun you get from the memory of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That definitely helps too. What could that be? It could be like uh, post fun. No, that's boring. Refractory? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll come up with something. Yeah. I'll tell, I'll tell you what. The listener who sends us the best title for post fun will get a prize. We're going to send you a prize. We're going to send you a t-shirt. Yeah. We're going to send you a really cool t-shirt. So um, if you want to send us a title for this, go to Kim T's Iron Man training page and post in there. We'll, we'll go ahead. Kim, when we're done with uh, the call um, today, or next week, because that's when this will, will go live. Um, go ahead and, and post something on your page that says contest, come up with the best title for post fun word. Yeah. Okay. I'll get it. Okay. I'll get it. All right. And the best one is going to win a prize. Awesome. Okay. Um, on that, in that same vein, uh, all of you who are listening, and if you want to be fun, part of the, the race day fun, we have a really awesome group of people that are coming to support Kim. We would love to have you there, whether you know her or not. We'd love to have you on the course with us. And as a reminder, that is in Tempe, Arizona on November 24th. It's a Sunday just before Thanksgiving. So um, continue to follow Kim's page for uh, real live time action and all of the details for when we're going to be there. All right. So Final wrap-up piece here. What is the song that you've chosen to represent this week's insights and experiences? Well, I have to go with something by the Goo Goo Dolls just because I did go see them last night. And I will say there are some songs that are really meaningful because of the song. And then there are some times where someone puts out an album where the whole album speaks to me. And there are some times where just an artist, pretty much everything they do has some meaning or special message for me. And the Goo Goo Dolls is one of those groups that just about every song they sing, I find a message in somehow. And so even though I've already used one of their songs already this t- for this podcast, I'm going to go with the Goo Goo Dolls again. And I'm actually going to go with a brand new song from their new album that's called Fearless. And they sang that last night. And I'll also ask Jill to post a link, even though it won't play on the podcast, but post a link to another song they played last night called So Alive from the Boxes album, because they're both really good. And uh, they also played Soul in the Machine, which was my song of the week several weeks ago. So it was a really great night. And and so everything about the Goo Goo Dolls, but I'll go with Fearless this time. Awesome. So we're going out today with Fearless. Enjoy.
Thank you, Kim, so much for being here with us today and for bringing us into the internal journey of your experience. Congratulations on getting really close to your taper zone. It's just a few days away. It's all getting more and more and more real. So thank you very much for bringing us in on all of this. It's time to sign off now. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Remember to always, always imagine the possibilities in your own life keep moving to live and living to move. And if you wanna help us move more and more people, you can do a review in the um, podcast review and help share this message with as many friends and family and associates as possible. We would love to get this word out and spread it to the masses to recognize the amount of change and aliveness that we can each bring into our lives. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thanks for being with us today. We invite you to join us on our mission to move people forward and upward. Go to jillmsummers.com. That's jillmsommers.com for more information and to listen to other inspiring podcasts. And remember to do one thing today that moves your life forward, which impacts others around you to do the same.